Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Nordman, executive editor of the Telegram Gazette, uh, joined on this Voice of Business, as always, by Tim Murray, CEO and president of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Dave. Good to be here. I want to thank the Telegram for helping facilitate our opening segment. And I also want to thank Fidelity Bank for sponsoring the Voice of Business uh, radio show, an hour of uh, conversation with many of our chamber member businesses and guests on issues of economic development, job chin, and, you know, the the challenges of running a business. Yeah, and it's uh, certainly a challenge, and it's been a busy week uh, for you at the Chamber. I, I know the, uh, you know, uh, us at the Telegram Gazette, we've been we've been covering uh, this throughout the week, but it's your annual Game Changers um, uh, event this year on uh, economy, justice, and education, planning for an equitable future. Um, Monday and Tuesday's events, um, you know, have obviously gone very well. Uh, Wednesday's um, the today. And so talk about the event. Talk about Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and, and what's upcoming in this yeah. series. Well, you know, Monday we gave our, our Game Changers Awards, and, and that's to individuals who are literally and figuratively Game Changers here in the community. And as you mentioned, you know, our, our focus uh, of this year's Game Changers, again, as it was last year, is on issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what can we do, you know, as businesses, but also, you know, what conversation can the Chamber play a role in helping uh, move along in a constructive way about uh, how do we, we create and address health disparities and, and, and economic development and educational disparities. And so uh, on Monday, we gave our Game Changers Award. Dr. Maddie Castile, you know, was one of the recipients. Uh, Fred Taylor, who's the head of the Worcester NAACP and active with the Carpenters Union and the Worcester Jobs Fund about getting more you know, women and minorities into the, the building trades and construction. Uh, AbbVie, a global company with a significant presence here in Worcester, has done quite a bit around... Um, uh, getting more women and minorities uh, involved in STEM, which is a big part of what AbbVie does as a life sciences and biotech company. Uh, we also uh, acknowledged um, uh, Tachi, uh, the, the, the construction manager for the Trinity Courthouse project. And so that was uh, and also also one that uh, that we acknowledged. And so we, we gave out those Game Changers Awards. And, and lastly, we also gave the Game Changers Awards to Quinsigamond Community College and Worcester State, uh, for their 100 men to college. It's a program, again, focused on uh, kids who come from disadvantaged, challenged backgrounds uh, who may not have had a family member go to college. And uh, uh, many of them, uh, uh, young men from, from communities of color, uh, Worcester State and, and Quinsigam Community College has done a great job with this program. And uh, we honored the, 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 the two campuses and their presidents, Barry Maloney and Luis Pedraja, joined us. So we, we gave out those Game Changers Awards. And then Michael Curry, who uh, for, for, for led the, the Boston NAACP, is, serves on the national board of the NAACP, but is also the president and CEO of the Mass Community Health Centers. 
And here in Worcester, we have the Edward M. Kennedy Health Center as well as the Family Health Center. So major employers, also major providers of health care. And Michael gave a talk, which he called Quantum Leap, which was based upon the TV show where the, 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 the main character of the show went back in time into certain situations. And Michael's talk was about going back in time uh, with a perspective of, of, of the African-American, black American experience. And these are things that we're not often taught in typical history classes and, and making sure that we're understanding and having a perspective of how things like Reconstruction and Jim Crow uh, and uh, uh, things that we have generally characterized as being beneficial to the country, like the GI Bill and, and the New Deal, um, did not always uh, um, have the intended effect on on on, on the African American community, and uh, and what are the consequences of that, and that how that then leads into the conversation we're cur- currently having, locally and nationally, in light of the George Floyd murder and the disparities that have made themselves clear to everybody as it relates to the, the pandemic, whether it's be health disparities and educational disparities and economic disparities. So he gave a very, very good talk, uh, some good Q&A, um, uh, you know, and, and in his remarks, you know, uh, acknowledged, uh, uh, you know, police officer Familia and his family uh, and the challenging roles that police officers have, but also the need for candid conversations uh, as well. So a good conversation uh, all along uh, and, uh, you know, we we'll look forward to our, our our final keynote on Thursday, which is the the, uh, the uh, Judge Serge Georges of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court, who's going to talk about you know his experience as a lawyer, as a district court judge, and now a member of the SJC, and how we as a, as a society uh, eradicate some of the systemic you know, uh, issues of, of racism that that are within our courts, uh, and and how do we rectify that? Yeah, and it's been, uh, it really has been, I know you mentioned Monday and then Tuesday, you know, some of those, um, some of those individuals, uh, you know, Dr. Castile, um, uh, uh, Mr. Taylor and others uh, participated in a, in a panel discussion. And then uh, later on, um, today on Wednesday, um, another panel discussion about the role of employers in equitable, in an equitable recovery. So it really has been, uh, it's been a great uh, week and a lot of, uh, I think, productive discussion. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly what we want, um, you know, people to maybe come with a better, different perspective, things that, uh, you know, they can do in their business or, or in their organization to help, uh, you know, make sure that that they're doing to make sure, you know, look, we know it's good business to have a diverse workforce. We know it's good business to have an understanding of of the of the backgrounds of, of customers and people that you're working with and serving, you know, serving uh, and, and, and as a as a business in terms of your customers. And so uh, we, we, we think it's in, in line with our our mission of serving our members, but also you know, trying to help lead constructive conversations in the community. Right. And uh, I know it, there's still time to, to plug the uh, the William Short Golf Tournament coming up, but uh, what else is on what else is on yeah, the Chamber agenda? Well, you know, this is something the Telegram has covered over the years. Steve Foskett now has got the City Hall beat, but Nick Katsopoulos talked about it. But, you know, we talk about issues of unfunded mandates. There was a time when the federal government uh, reimbursed cities and towns 80% for water and sewer infrastructure. And we know here in Worcester, we debate water and sewer rates and, and cost increases. But part of the reason that that happens is because we have uh, 
uh, an antiquated, an older, an older city that has an older infrastructure. And so on a couple different levels, the federal government no longer does that 80-20. We're lucky if they fund 20% of their mandates. But uh, the city of Worcester, to try to address that antiquated infrastructure in a way that doesn't mandate uh, or have court orders that you know, requires the city of Worcester to spend an exorbitant amount of money in a short period of time. Um, the city has put together an integrated water and sewer management plan. And Phil Guerin, who's the director of water and sewer operations for the city, is going to be speaking uh, at our chamber construction and real estate you know, roundtable, uh, which is coming up on uh, June 22nd at noon. And, uh, you know, we think it's a good opportunity for any business or, you know, that's out there who understands the water and sewer costs. And, and, and from a public policy point of view, one of the strengths that we have for Worcester is that we have our own water system, and uh, which helps us uh, be more competitive. But if we're going to have mandates and costs, that makes it more challenging. And then we're having this conversation, Dave, while there's a debate in Washington, Washington about a federal infrastructure bill. And clearly many are saying that in that infrastructure bill, in light of Flint, Michigan, and other things, uh, our federal dollar is going to be available for water and sewer. And this isn't just about Flint, Michigan. Just uh, the Boston Globe reported, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, how the city of Quincy uh, entered into a court decree or agreement with right. the feds to do a hundred million. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talking to our sister paper, the Patriot Ledger in Quincy, I mean, they, uh, they just reported, like you said, and also reported in the globe that the city of Quincy agreed to pay, a. a uh, you know, $115,000 penalty and spend $100 million to improve its stormwater and sewer systems after the federal lawsuit uh, accused Quincy of uh, releasing sewage and uh, and, and uh, untreated wastewater into, into Boston Harbor. So, um, like you said, this is happening right in our backyard. Yeah, and so this is why it's important, you know, on a couple different levels, we're doing everything we can to address this within reason, but do it in a cost-effective way so we're not, you know, breaking the bank on our businesses and our homeowners. And then, you know, what is the proper role of the federal government, especially when they're going to, you know, in the past where they've paid for these uh, infrastructure improvements and then they backed away for it over the last 25 or 30 years, is the federal infrastructure bill to kind of expedite that without putting it on the backs of, of water and sewer ratepayers here in the city uh, in a way that makes it unaffordable. So all relevant topics right now, and we think that construction yeah. real estate one is a good one. Yeah, and certainly it's not a uh, it's not something that is is always at the forefront of the conversation when it comes to water and sewer. But like you said, it's a it's an important discussion to be having, especially when you're talking about you know. Um, you know, clean water and the cost that's associated with such a thing. Yeah, I mean, we all want to make sure, you know, there is clean water and when we flush the toilet, it's going where it's supposed to. And, you know, I, I have a perspective over the years that Worcester has made great strides in that regard. Still, obviously, more work to do, but how we pay for it is important and doing it in a, in a way that's, you know, balanced um, is part of the strategy. So, Two interesting things coming, this integrated plan that they're working with the New England EPA on, the Environmental Protection Agency, and at the same time in D.C. we're having this conversation about uh, infrastructure money. Uh, and also, both at the state and local level, waiting for regulations to get finalized on the American Rescue Act. There is dollars that potentially could be used at the state and federal level to help cities and towns on things that, number one, put people to work, but also address environmental uh, challenges. So we need to make sure that the uh, second aspect of that American Rescue Act, those those regulations come out sooner rather than later so we can get money out in the street. Obviously, and all of this has a... a big impact on on 
on businesses in the in the greater Worcester community. It does. Uh, you know, water has been one of the assets for Worcester, uh, and again, we we run our own water uh, treatment plant and distribution piece. Have our own reservoirs. We're part of and the main partner in the Upper Blackstone Water Treatment uh, Facility as well. So it, it's critical, and we've got a number of businesses in Worcester that. Uh, you know, rely on water to do their work, whether it be our hospitals, whether it be a place like Abvi or Polar Beverages. So it's something maybe we take for granted. Um, but as we've learned with Flint, and then as you pointed, as reported in the Patriot Ledger and the Globe, you know, Quincy's just get hit pretty hard. And we want to try to avoid that here in, in Worcester. And I should mention before we sign off the uh, the Game Changers event, I know we mentioned this last week, and those of you who haven't had a chance to uh, to tune in the first two days, this is, um, you know, you're not too late. It, you can still go to WorcesterChamber.org and sign up for the last couple of days. That's right. A panel uh, today at 10 o'clock, WorcesterChamber.org, and then tomorrow, uh, uh, Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court uh, member, Judge uh, Serge Georges is going to speak. So uh, still some time to, to, to take in some of our Game Changers conversation. And if you happen to if you happen to miss one, you can always read about it in the Telegram Gazette, Tim. There you go. All right. That's Tim Murray, CEO and President of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. I'm Dave Nordman, Executive Editor of the Telegram Gazette. We'll do it again next week, Tim. Yes. Thanks, Dave. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.